Michelle. And I'm Stephanie. And we're Lunch Break. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> really on tune. <laughs> and today, oh, dang, okay. <laughs> today we're talking about punching the air. Or I shouldn't say talk, that sounds, today we're discussing what we, our thoughts on punching the air. Yes, Would I you, love this. We yeah. sound sophisticated now. Yes, sophisticated. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Bye. Okay. Audible told me how to pronounce this. I'm going to pronounce it. Yep. It's the Evie Zobi and Yusef Salam. Mm-hmm. If I butchered their names, please correct me. I tried. I really did. But. Yeah, just yell at us on our podcast, um, Instagram or Twitter. Just straight up DM us and be like, hey, mess up our names. <laughs> but this book, the reason I, like, I first picked up the book. And then I, I think I asked you if you wanted to read it. Mm-hmm. But I picked it up because I knew it was written by one of the Exonerated Fives. So right. if you guys don't know, the Exonerated Five is a rural group of boys. Well, now they're men. Yeah. Grown men. That... It was like the it was, 80s, right? Was, yeah, in late 80s were convicted of... Raping? Ra- right? Raping a woman in, in Central, Central Park. Park. Yeah, the yeah. Central Park Five. Um, only... Years later, I think it was like like a decade. Yeah, like they spent like a, at least ten. Yeah, they spent years in jail, and it was like years later to find out that the lady had convicted all five of them wrong. Like all of them were innocent. Yeah, um, she she lied. What a white lady lied? Never. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so it's based. So that's part. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. And that that's who, the, when I talk about Exonerated Five, that's who I'm talking about. Yusef is one of the, the young boys who's part of that five. And he ended he's up... He's the author of this book. Yeah, he's one of the authors of the book, which you can, while reading the book, you can tell that the character... So it's not the... Let's back up a little bit. The book itself doesn't tell you exactly what he went through. Like, right. it's, it's not the exact same story. It's just based off of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so like it's fictional. Yes. And, but you can tell in the book just you can tell that he's gone through the process the same character has gone through mm-hmm. just because of how detailed the experience is with the court system. Yeah. And you can also tell a lot of the times which just like how the atmosphere was in the court cuz I'd have never been to court. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Don't plan to, but it's just like I don't know anything about the on the, the jerk the jargon when it comes to the languages that is right. used. Yeah. But the story tells the story is about 16-year-old Amal, who I like to say is like a little bit of a black sheep in the family, just because he has a little bit of a temper. He's, you know, he has a little bit of temper, but he's a sweet kid. Yeah. He's just super sweet. And super super sweet, creative. Very creative. And but he's an overall sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And it also takes place in New York City, which is where the was a Central Park Five also take, right. takes place. It tells the story of a child who was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And it tells the story of a system that sole purpose is to fail him in society, specifically teachers and adults to fail him. Like his teachers, right. the jail system that he went into, the whole, just everything. everything. It, it was made in order to purposely... Even today's system, that's mm-hmm. what it's, it showcases that the system is made to fail. Like, that's the whole purpose for him. He's right. a young black man, black boy. I'm not going to say man. Yeah, boy, no, boy in the system. And it's used to keep him 
kind of locked up and the book brings you through his experiences with the court and how he stays sane during most of the during one of the most difficult times of his life and how you mentioned earlier Michelle that his creativity is how he's able to survive that right yeah it keeps him sort of sane uh it keeps him grounded I guess yeah I mean the stuff he tells you about throughout the whole system um or throughout the whole time mm -hmm. it he had to find something that just brought back his humanity just for himself just for himself yeah because the world i'm gonna refer to he's living in because it's just best to remember, the world that he's in and the system that he was going through mm -hmm. already even though he is 16 years old and by law is a minor already sees him as a grown adult right and which is why i feel like that's why like he's judged as a grown adult like mm -hmm. that's why he's given such a harsh punishment and treated so differently not only because of his race but i also want to say in some parts because of his religion because religion because he does he was he's muslim muslim yes. yeah um the thing that caught me about this book um it's so different to anything i've personally read before i think even anything we've read on the podcast mm -hmm. because the minute you open up the book because we're used to reading like novels paragraphs perspectives of different characters right away it's poetry yeah it's and i'm not a huge fan of like traditional poetry in the standard that we know yeah but the it's written in sansas mm -hmm. i believe that's like the phrases and they talk about lyricisms i don't know anything about poetry so if i'm butchering all the technical words for that my apologies but it's 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 written like poetry it is yeah. well, lyrics itself is poetry mm -hmm. but it it has a rhythm to it and when i started the book i originally wanted to read it the old school way right because i missed reading that but i realized kind of like a good partial into the book and i was like you know what as much as i like the illustrations i'm not feeling the emotions to it because i knew the how how it was written that you need to hear somebody say it oh so yeah I, does that make sense yeah, yeah so i downloaded the book okay and i was reading and following along with, with it the, okay nice. yeah and i personally for if anybody asked me if, if they should read the book one i'd say yes mm -hmm. um but i'd also recommend reading it with an audiobook and to the, hear it and to hear it because it's one thing to read the page because the book itself has illustrations mm -hmm. which i love it's gorgeous yeah, yeah. i'll talk about my favorite page yeah and it just i think the illustrations really help support the story in there mm -hmm. but hearing the emotional aspects oh, and the voice the yeah and the voice, voice actor, yeah. yeah especially when you have re re in sentences or in the the story itself it repeats mm -hmm. and you can read it but like sometimes when i read a book it's read in like almost a monotone yeah if it's not written a specific way like the characters and the thought process but when you hear the um, the narrator read it you're like okay it hits it has some soul into it yeah, absolutely yeah. absolutely and it just it breaks I don't, this book breaks your heart and puts it back again slowly yeah. in, in a different way yeah. but it does break your heart because it just it's like you're hearing it from a friend yeah so it that is wrong yeah yeah mm -hmm. I, the one thing that i thought was interesting completely different tangent but i was reading listen to the narrator if you listen to the audible yeah 
it's one of the actors from um, the movie because they made a movie based off the Exonerated Five. Oh right, yeah, of okay. this I think it's This Is Us on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Check it out, you guys. He's one of the actors that played one of the characters. Yeah, no, it's 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 a series. It's a shorts. Short series, yeah, short series, yeah. Netflix, yeah. But one of the char- one of the guys, I don't know which character because I've never seen it yet. Mm-hmm. But he himself read the book, so I think it was interesting. You had the actor yeah. that played one of the boys who were part of the uh, Central Park Five. Yeah, he played in the Netflix series, and then he also did the audio did the book oh, wow. for this book. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. It's kind of a weird full. It's kind of an interesting full circle, right? Completely different thought. I think this cheese would be really good on nachos. <laughs> yeah. With like guacamole. Mm-hmm. Totally different thoughts. Sorry, guys. We got a bomb set of guacamole and salsa. Mm-hmm. And Michelle bought this really good Gouda cheese. They're really good. It's almost buttery. And I'm, I just combined that. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, nachos. Oh, but you know what's exciting? Hmm. Is that we're recording in your brand new apartment. <laughs> yeah. We're in her living room sitting on the floor. I don't uh, have a coffee table yet. That's what we do. But I still, I know on, um, I almost said Netflix. I know on our Instagram, mm-hmm. I'm going to be, I'm going to be updating kind of like where I want, because I personally, it's by myself, you guys, I'm turning my dining room area into a book nook because we're that. a whole, we're a lunch break podcast about books. Mm-hmm. I need a book nook. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. Taking pictures. <laughs> Taking pictures. Taking pictures in your new apartment. Okay, get back on track, Michelle. <laughs> oh my god, I was just absolutely horrified with the guard with that tattoo. Oh my of god, the black baby. Who in the, the book they refer him as only tattoo? Right. Yeah, I never gave him a name. I was like, yeah, he doesn't deserve a name. Right. That was nasty, and it was just like, and they let. I can't believe like I know it's just it's fictional. But it's based in reality. Mm-hmm. But I can't believe like they let let people like that with like racist tattoos to work anywhere, even in like a like a you know as a cop. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I'm just like naive or whatever, but it is just really messed up. And to like people, regular people, you get don't get hired because they they have normal tattoos, right? And yet, this guy gets hired because he has a fucking racist ass tattoo. But we also don't know when he got the tattoo. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not excusing the character in the book. Like, I 100% agree with you. And I know it's fictional, but I'm sure there's people out there that have that kind of similar thing going on, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, they don't don't get um, fired or whatever. Well, I think you have to realize, too, is that one thing that. Amal, the main character, does talk about mm-hmm. is the race. It plays a huge part in his upbringing. Yeah. Um, not to his fault, but how other people treat him and view him. Yeah. So, I'm not surprised by people's expectations of him or mm-hmm. lack of expectations or even the tattoo. I mean, it's horrendous that the guard had that. But I'm not even surprised that the guard feels that way. Right. In the system. I feel like there's, I think people are very surprised when it comes to, I mean, we can get all politics and all that. And I'm going to try to steer away from that too much, but I can only talk about my experiences and from my side as well. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, 
I'm not surprised when you find people as specific and jobs that have a certain amount of power over people that they might have a prejudice or racist towards mm-hmm. a group of people because those jobs hold power and control yeah, over people. Yeah, it keeps over the power. Yeah, so with Amal's situation, the guy already thinks, the tattoo already thinks he's the shit. He's a guard in a prison. So he already thinks something about all of those kids that are in the juvenile detention. Right. So he's going to... Make their life hell. Yeah, make them life hell. Because yeah. he's going to think, like, you're no good anyway. Right. So it's just... And even with Amal, like, I couldn't even stand his fucking art teacher. Oh, my God. I can't stand... And the thing is, is... Right? Art is the most, like, it's cheesy as it is. Like, art is, is so expressive. Right. And it's such a, it could be such you a, could do it any way you want. And, and it's such a personal thing. Mm-hmm. And it's so objective. People can have, not objective, but like, I think it's like, people can have any opinion on what they want. And that's their opinion. And you keep it, you keep it kicking. Because it's like, that's yours. You right. made it. It's fine. Yeah. Create art. Yeah. In any shape or form. Yeah. And then now you have this art teacher who for some reason, again, somebody in power who's supposed yeah. to be educating the masses, mm-hmm. um, failing a student because yeah, definitely he, failing a student. Yeah, failing the student. Not because he didn't do the work, but you can also tell, because I've asked questions like this when mm-hmm. I was in college. Right. And asking questions, because all she taught was, in, in Ma's case, he was saying that she only teaches art from white guys about right. old white men. Yeah. Which, historically... It's facts. Like, they only, especially in America, they'll teach you about history with old white guys. Oh, yeah. And even any subject. And they'll talk about the inventors, mm-hmm. the creators, the, the stars. And, and then Amal was like, okay, this is all fine and dandy. Yeah. But let's talk about other creators who are around the world. Let's talk about black men and women who's artists. Let's talk about not even black people, but people around the world who created pieces of art. Why are they famous? What was... Why are they famous in that culture? What is it that they brought to their culture that it made them famous? Right. And that's what's so intriguing about art. But instead, she decides she, to kick him out and she fail him. him. Right. She shuts, shuts him down for asking a question, a it, harmless question. Exactly. And I'm just thinking, if you're a teacher. You should teach him that. You should be so excited be that like, he is intrigued about the lesson in art. If you're really not passionate about him exactly. for asking questions, I couldn't believe that. I was livid. I was like... You are literally failing it. Like, yeah, you get you can give him an F, but you're failing him as a human being teaching him. You're failing as a teacher. Well, my thing is she had no reason to fail. No, him. no reason. And no like, reason. The, I, I, I still remember my high school teacher, Hannah Phillips from Girl Smile. Oh my God, I love her so much. Yeah. She was a great she, teacher. She was phenomenal. Yeah. But she was somebody who genuinely was passionate about art. Mm-hmm. And I know I have a, like a strong feeling. If I asked her that, like, why don't we see, one, she was somebody who taught around art around the world. Yeah. But if I said, yeah. where are the black women that create art? She'd right. be like, that's a great question. Let's look that up. Right. She'd be so excited to go and find something to discover. Yeah. And yeah. she'd be like, next time I'll come back with some yeah, stuff. Yeah. Or like, I feel like she'd be such a creative, like a, an encouraging teacher. She's like, you know what? I'll come back. And then I feel like a week yeah. later, she'd come back and she'd be like, she'd like a so whole presentation. A whole presentation. She would have all these, mm-hmm. like, these are the books that I read. Yeah. This is something that looks interesting. Have you checked out Zimbabwe? Zimbabwe. Have you checked out France? Have you checked mm-hmm. like Colombia? Like she would, she had a passion for it. And I feel like that's like with teaching in general, no matter the subject, that's mm-hmm. what it be. Yeah. yeah. Amal was a student that had a question yeah. about the topic 
and the that you teach and the education system just like it fucking failed him. failed him and the thing is too is even if grant you i thought maybe he didn't ask wise why the fuck are you policing the child about how he says something okay yeah. so maybe maybe he didn't say it the way you want it to okay yeah well why are you policing how he says something he asked a question mm-hmm. about like if that doesn't tell you that he's paying attention right i don't know what the fuck's gonna do right I don't know what, what's gonna happen. I think it's so interesting. Like, sorry, we come like I'm feeling, I'm feeling it now. Mm-hmm. But like, when the school system, I'm just in general talk about like certain topics. I remember in, in college, like one of the teachers would talk about like the designers, and it was always the same. It was a white guy designer, and yeah. I was, and I always heard his name, and I just remember asking, "Where are the women designers?" Yeah. What about that? I didn't even ask about black people. I was like, "Where are the women?" Because right. I only teach about the men. Yeah. And he's like, that's a good question. Grant you, he didn't come back with any answers, but he was like, that's a good question. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, I know, because right? I'm tired of hearing about these same things. And I think it's more of like the system of like history and what's recorded. Uh-huh. It's only white guy. It's only the victor who gets recorded. It's mm-hmm. only the famous people that like that rich people want to see mm-hmm. that gets recorded. But there's thousands of millions of females and mm-hmm people of color who've mm-hmm. done the exact same thing or more even yeah. better yeah and don't get recorded in history and that's probably like the hard part is that it's not recorded right or maybe it's just like so like no one i don't know well no I they're haven't... not seen as masters you well, know right, like yeah. how there's painters who are masters and yeah. stuff and they're like michael d'angelo and like mm-hmm. like Da Vinci. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, there's, I had this conversation with my dad when it came to like women, black women, Mm -hmm. and like, if you're gonna narrow it down, not even worldwide, just the country. I said, where are the buses? As long as black people have been in this fucking country, (laughs) black women too, in this fucking country, you're telling me there's been no women, no black people who invented or were heroes or were courageous or made a difference in this country? They did invent stuff. Yeah. But then some white guy comes around and takes their invention and sells it as their own. See, now you're just going to start a whole war, Michelle. I mean... <laughs> but no, but I, and then my dad came back with a book. I literally have a book. It's so cute. The illustration nice. of black women throughout history yeah. and inventions they made <clears throat> and the curves that they had. I think it's so fascinating. I really think American school systems... Really need to teach about America yeah. itself, and then you just like whitewashing it. Yeah, yeah, stop whitewashing shit. Like we have Native Americans here that we don't really know shit about because no one teaches it. Exactly. And the other thing is too, it's just like there's a whole other like we've already gone on tangent, but there's a whole other other tangent we can go on about the whole American teaching system. Mm-hmm. But it pissed me off about a mall where he was sent out to the principal's office. For asking a really good question yeah. about to a shitty teacher. Exactly. Shitty. Mrs. Rinaldi, like her name. Yeah. And I can't believe that she was the witness, the character witness for him for trial. I was like, really? You couldn't find any other fucking teacher out there? Right? Character witness my ass. Did you ask his family? No, right? Give that. Use this bitter old woman and like he said gave me um so like a quote from the thing is like gave me hell because i didn't fit into her definition of the artist right 
Like, newsflash artists can, can't and shouldn't fit into a box. They should be free to express themselves however they want. Absolutely. Know? It's art. <laughs> they should be... Uh, you know what's funny? Other artists experience that because they're doing something that was different from their art. They weren't fitting the box. And that's what made them fucking famous is because it was different. Right? Because it was different. Because Impressionism, for an example... The reason it was given that, they, that was a whole, that was making fun of that art style. Mm-hmm. And now it's a whole fucking new, it was right. not new, but it became a new style art. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Throughout the whole book, a lot of people don't realize that, like, a mall is, like, the type of person who doesn't need to be, like, in the cookie cutter shaped box like everyone else needs to learn in. Like, you see him, like, ask important questions and like learning differently like he told he told him like one time he went he skipped class because he wanted to learn to draw so he went to a fucking like a park and drew people or like his surroundings or whatever mm-hmm. and and like the school got mad at him his mom got mad at him for skipping class but he was doing like the stuff that he was supposed to do like, some students don't learn inside, like, the classroom There's a lot thing. of people who didn't go to college because they said, the edu- they're like, this, you're like, school isn't for me. I like right. learning while on the job. Yeah, hands-on, differently, yeah. like, outside. Like, I feel like we should, as a like society, should fix our education system to include that. Absolutely. Like, different, like, I know. Different learning situations. Yeah. And then we respect, like, respect that because... Mm-hmm. I've had a couple of teachers who are aware of that and they would try different things for all the students who might do that. Yeah. To be creative, to try things outside your box. I mean, I get it at the end of the day, they're like, you should have been in school. I can get that portion of it, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. I mean... And, like, he needs, like, direction, of course, but, like, yeah, sure, give him, like, a direction, but then let him find his own path. Exactly. I think... I, I, I just think it's funny, though, that, like, there's kids out there that skip school, do drugs, mm-hmm. go drink themselves. You right? Know, drink. <laughs> and he's like this. He's like, I'm gonna go to the park and kid. draw. Yeah. You draw. Draw. Like, how could you get mad at that? I don't know. If that was my kid, I'd be like, we need to figure out something for you because. Like, oh, yeah. I would be upset that you skipped school. Yeah. I would and too. I but... wouldn't know where you went. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, well, here. Well, now we're going to find a solution for this. Yeah, like, shit. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know another scene that broke my spirit? Hmm. The scene where there's a Kudan. No guy, the boy, he meets in jail. Oh, yeah. That's how you're in there. Kudan, Kudin, Kudan, I don't know. I just said Kudan. I was like, Kaden? Kaden? It could be Kaden. <laughs> I don't know. It could um, be Kaden. But Kidon like, Kaden makes more sense with the spelling now. Yeah. But, okay. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> no, I could be wrong. But it's just like, I felt my heart break because he was such a, he was a kid with like personality yeah, that kind of welcomed spirit, right? Amal in. Mm-hmm. And then he got jumped. And then he came back and he, literally and, the spirit was beaten out of him. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't the same. No. And it broke my heart. Yeah, that was pretty hard because you could see them all kind of get back to the lyrics. They have like rap. They were yeah. they had something in, like he almost had a little friend. Yeah, and of course one of the guards had to say something like, "You're not here to be friends. Oh, go fuck yourself and go guard right? something." Yeah, <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I just remember that scene and just being. And then he just came in to like have his back too, but mm-hmm. like I just felt broken. I was like, Kamal finally met somebody kind of like camaraderie, and then yeah. she's like, they left. Yeah. But he had his little girlfriend now. <laughs> I'm ready for this. So I cried at least two times in this book. Really? Yeah, like full on bawling tears. Like I had to put the book down Aww. and step away. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, shit's really hitting the fan, guys. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, when he was like pinned to the floor by the officers, remember that? Because um, he like had a tantrum with the crayon or whatever, or not really a tantrum. Mm-hmm. It was like frustration. Frustration, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. They jumped him while in prison, the guards. Mm-hmm. And they just put like a knee to his throat. And that was like really real and raw from like. Mm-hmm. Especially coming off of last year with George Floyd mm-hmm. and how like the millions of Americans who spoke out and said that this happens all the time and this brought this book really brought that reality into perspective for me. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it really did, like not that I didn't think it wasn't real before, but last year really like awakened that for me. Especially mm-hmm. like coming from like a sheltered and privileged like childhood growing up. Like, I never, like, was exposed to that, this kind of stuff. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is, like, last year was, like, all, like, really new. Like, I knew it. Like, mm-hmm. I never knew to, like, the extent mm-hmm. everything was. Kind of like you knew about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, um. I think that's really interesting. Like, I think that's really interesting you bring that fact up. But, yeah. Because, like, obviously we're good friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like. For me, growing up in the suburbs, I was highly aware right. of, like, injustice when it came to race and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the best quote I've ever heard when it comes to, like, racism, because it goes back to the floor or the knee on the neck, is I'm... Sorry, I just saw a spider. <laughs> I think the thing that... The best quote I've ever heard is, I'm never surprised by racism. I'm just mm-hmm. disappointed. Yeah. I'm never surprised by it. Like, so when people are like, well, you you know, doesn't this bother you? I'm like, of course it bothers me, but I don't want to say I'm numb. That's not the correct reaction. I'm just not, it's not like, oh my God, how could this happen? Yeah. It's more like, for me, it's more like, fuck. Yeah. Again. Like another disappointment. Yeah. Like, it just is like, and it's just for me, like, even being raised in the suburb, both my parents being black, and, and them coming, they're baby boomers coming from a generation that definitely felt definitely. a certain amount of racism. Right. They raise me in such a way they're like, okay, yeah, you have to dress a certain way. Not to say that it's your fault if other people view you that way, but because they might view you a certain way, mm-hmm. it could also mean X, Y, and Z for you if you look this way. Yeah. And they were always very supportive, but it's just, it's to this day, it's, uh, to, and it sounds small, but to this day, like an example would be like, if my hair's done, mm-hmm. like for me, if my hair's not done, a certain way or look neat it, it could be people view you in a different light oh yeah even even going from like having relaxed hair to my natural hair that i have mm-hmm. i've been it's just i've seen a slight difference of how people treat me yeah yeah um they can go fuck themselves right if it's <laughs> negative too so if you have something negative to say about my negative you can go fuck yourself my hair's gorgeous exactly <laughs> but it's just i think it's different because like yes i was economically i've, I've been very blessed and privileged this 
the situation where I did live with my parents. Mm -hmm. But there's also the reality of it's like, because people don't know my background also, like, shit, even at my job that I've had, I might work there. I'm not in uniform, but when I was in uniform, I was working at the pool because unemployment and COVID. Yeah. Um, and I was in uniform. Oh, yeah. There were, I've had some racist shit happen to me because people thought that they, just because of how I looked. Just walk over you. Oh, yeah. Just because you were in uniform. And now, right. yeah. not so much now because I'm not in a new uniform. I still work in the same place, different area department-wise. Right. But there's still some, like, it's not direct. It's like a microaggression. Like, people will come off as, it's not direct, like, arrogant. here. Well, arrogant, people are always going to call it. I know. But, like, this one's is less, like, go peasants, don't bother me. Oh, and yeah. it's more like, are you sure? Let me talk to somebody who knows what they're doing. Bitch. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm the most senior here. Yeah. So, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> so, I mean, it's not all the time, obviously. Mm -hmm. But there's some people who I run into, and I'm like, because, you guys, I work, I work at a hotel or resort. So I, I have people from all over the country and world. So yeah. I'm like, you from what part of the country are you from? The United States, because you know. <laughs> but it's I think it's really interesting that you bring that. So when it came, it broke my heart when he had the cop or those guards on him like that. But I'm also not surprised that they treated him like that because mm -hmm. it was to me. I was thinking it's a crown. What the like? What do you? What are you doing this for? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't this a bit much? Right. And that's why I like reading these books. It's definitely getting the different perspectives and seeing it first. It feels like it's firsthand, you know? Mm -hmm. Like you're right there next to them. I think that's the heartbreaking part. Mm -hmm. Especially when you listen to it on Audible. It's yeah. like, it's a friend who you can't reach. Mm -hmm. You're just like, and then to realize too, you can't reach it because it's already done with. Yeah. And you're like, fuck! Like, <laughs> right. I loved the teacher in the jail, though. Like, the real art teacher. Yeah, she was the, the poet slash activist mm -hmm. lady. Her name was, uh... Amani? Mm -hmm. Is that what it? Yeah, she was lovely. I missed her at the end when uh, she had to leave because, mm -hmm. you know, funding. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's helping these kids. Yeah. And she said, paint this mural. And they took the, and the, and the thing is, you would think that'd be so positive, like a an absolute positive thing in jail, where you right. have a group of young men working together for good to create something creative, and they painted over it mm -hmm. because of no like what what do they say graffiti? The mm -hmm. fucking hell is birds graffiti? They have doves on it. Yeah, I don't know nothing about graffiti. So in the but, in the book, Amani the um. The poet activists got the permission for them to paint a mural yeah. in the jail. Mm -hmm. um, so Amal got his buddies that together, and they like worked together and did the whole mural, and it was amazing and like beautiful. And there's like uh, butterflies and stuff, and everyone have wings. And you know what's funny though is I don't know nothing about jail, but I feel like in the book it talks about. The guys were coming together to do something positive and create something that was absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of his peers that were in there didn't touch it. And it was almost like a sign of respect because it didn't get messed with right. by his peers. They appreciated it. They loved it, actually. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, this is like a, the this best nice. thing ever. And nice. then it was the guards that covered it up. The guard, the tattoo 
he's looking at it and they come back the next day and it's painted over in white. Envy. You're jealous. Oh, 100% jealous. 100% mm-hmm. jealous. And they're like, oh, it's um, it's gang signs and gang colors or whatever. I'm like, bitch, he probably used rainbows. Like, you gotta mm-hmm. be kidding me. <laughs> I don't know what it looked like as a mural because it's a book. Mm-hmm. There's no pictures of what the mural looked like. I just assume it looks like the cover where it has like purples and greens right. and oranges. Yeah. I don't know much about gangs, but I don't know no They're like gang here. colors. I was like, what do you mean gang colors? Like the threatening butterflies, right? All <laughs> <laughs> flutter around you. Oh my <laughs> God. I, just, I couldn't believe they erased it. That really broke me too. The amount of work that goes into a mural. Mm-hmm. They literally were occupied with something that was beneficial to them. And they, <laughs> yeah i was just like i i was living couldn't believe it what a punch in the face <laughs> that's a little violent i'm a little violent yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you are oh <laughs> you're a little violent mm. people yeah. look at michelle like, she's all sweet and she's like cut his throat, <laughs> his throat. Um. your poor husband <laughs> Pinky. <laughs> He's like, it's Thursday. That is a pretty So thing. this is my favorite page spread in the book. It's pages 302 and 303. The title is Surrealism. And it has butterflies going across the two pages with like a little chrysalis at the bottom down here. And then like just the way it's like laid out, it looks like the text is just flowing through. And it talks about um, just like, what did I say? (laughs) It describes like his time in solitary for drawing butterflies on his cell wall. So like when he took the markers and he like went into his cell Mm -hmm. and like took time to like paint his surroundings, you know, Mm -hmm. to make it comfortable for him. To express himself. Yeah. And they put him in solitary for that. That's a Yeah, so they put him in solitary for that. That's extreme. This page is like hauntingly beautiful. It talks about being free while trapped in the cage. Mm -hmm. And just like, I don't know. I just, I love the, I love the layout as a a designer myself. Yeah. No, it is really pretty. mm -hmm. It makes your eye travel. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I think that'd be something fun you should share on Instagram. I think I'll take a picture of the spread for the um, the image for the podcast next week. Yes. I think that'll be good. Yeah. I loved it when, like, books introduce new music to me. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, there's a couple books that have that happen to me. But this one, there was the um, one where Umi was um like listening to her favorite rapper Umi is Amal's mom mm-hmm. um rapper uh not Nas 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 yeah I say Nas anyway I just I listened to the song if I ruled the world <gasps> I love that song. and I was like if oh my I god this is gorgeous so now it's like on my favorites list <laughs> and I'm like oh this is dope I, I love it so much and I was like listening to it while like looking at the book, and I was like, "Oh, this is nice. <laughs> yeah. 
it's, it's, it's fun like finding out new music through other people it is yeah <coughs> but i think in your case you're just like Damn. Like, <laughs> right? So just because of the character, it wasn't yeah. like a happy go lucky. You're like, yeah. he's thinking about his mother. He thinks yeah, about he his mother constantly. Yeah. And his grandmother constantly. Yeah. They're always there for him. I loved how that he had so much support from his family well, it was and little- his friends. Yes, and his friends outside of the prison. I do like the fact that it did bring up kind of like his reality that, like, mm-hmm. while his mother had his back, she was still fighting from the outside. 100%. And his- not let that go. I was like, hey. right. And his grandmother. I think it was interesting that they did bring up the fact that he hadn't seen his, what was it, his uncle. Yeah, like his father figure in his life. Yeah. Until the end Towards of the, the book. End. Yeah, because yeah. it, it was a lot for him to do yeah. that. And kind of like the, the opposite end of how people show up for yourself, for him. Yeah. I did think it was interesting, though, because like going back to the system, because the reason I think about this is because his mother towards the end of the book, comes back to him and mm-hmm. he's really upset because when they were going to show the mural off, his and mother was wasn't there. And it was a race before she could see exactly. it. Exactly. And he was really pictures. upset about that. But the one part I was like, oh, no. I got really worried because I was like, I hope his mother didn't just give up and tell and say, like, she's just not coming anymore. Yeah. It was the opposite. She, no. The reason she couldn't go was because she was working on, like... Getting a new attorney for him. Yeah, because she fired the other one. Yeah, because he's, like, not doing the job. I'm like, yeah, because he not. Because he didn't really fight for him. No, never. And that goes back to the power. Like, for the lawyer, like... It didn't. He didn't have compassion. Mm-hmm. He was so. He, I feel like because he had the lack of compassion, he wasn't really fighting for him all. Right. Because he was fighting when in the beginning he was like, "I'm not letting you go to jail." Yeah. And no. then when his ass went to jail, his his uh, attorney was like, "Well, mm-hmm. I did my best." <laughs> like, uh, no, sir, sir, yeah, the hell. But I thought it was interesting. Like his mom, the reason she missed something that was so important about showcasing his art in jail was because she was too busy saying like. I came back, Jeremy Mathis is awake. Mm -hmm. Because the whole point is, like, the reason Amal, that's probably important to tell people. Yeah. The reason he's in jail or juvenile detention. Juvenile detention, yeah. Is that he got into a fight with this racist-ass kid. Yeah. And I think they said, like, somebody hit him with, like, you know, he threw a punch or they hit him with a skateboard kind of thing. He threw the first punch. The kid threw the first punch, right? I thought it was Amal. Or maybe he's thinking it. I don't know. He might have thrown the... I think he threw the first punch. Yeah, but he didn't throw the last. Yeah, he... So... Yeah, he did throw the first punch. Yeah, that was he, his so because that was his mistakes and misgiving. He kept writing yeah, it down and he, stuff. He threw the first punch, mm-hmm. but he's not the one who ended up in the hospital. But he is the one that got punished for it. Yeah, which is the part that's unfair. He's like, I didn't hit him with that. I didn't put him in the hospital. I threw a punch at him. Yeah, but that's not the one that knocked him out and right. put him in a coma. Exactly. Yeah, and like the kid was like their whole like team. So they're so what happened was they were playing basketball right mm-hmm. and all Amal wanted to do was go skateboarding yeah with his friends at the other side of the park or whatever mm-hmm. but his friend i can't remember his name wanted him to play basketball with his buddies mm-hmm. he's like all right i'll just do it this one time it's like yeah i love basketball so they go to their side they go to the basketball court and these fucking racist as white kids are there and they're like skateboarding and shit and like flipping them off and then things get heated or whatever mm-hmm. and then they start a fight and both sides are at fault. Mm-hmm. And it's just a fight. And I'm like, so why aren't the, the white kids in jail? I'm just like, yeah, money, yeah. And they demonize. They demonize the, you know. Yeah, they're like, they're a gang. I'm and like, they're a gang. The white kids aren't, they're just kids fighting. 
because well the one thing i know share that scene reminded me of two different things okay it reminded me of one it reminded this is my experience but also the show it reminded me they they exactly what you said you're like what about the white kids who also were what about the racist slur they were saying yeah like they literally kicked it off like these kids were minding their damn business and then you have these racist white kids that come up to them mm-hmm. and yet somehow only a mall's the one that's punished or oh the, well the, they're the, all punished they the all took kid. the plea deal yeah the other kids and his friends yeah that's uh, just like the plea deal and he went to court he's yeah. the only one that went to court amal did yeah yeah i should say more like he the black kids or the kids of color are the ones that got in trouble kind of but it's just like it reminded me i feel like society will most likely take the word of white people specifically white women mm-hmm. if an event happens right or white men yeah because if you think back i forgot her i i, I see her face i'm really bad with it but i see her face but it reminded me of the girl who was found and i'm not trying to bring up the situation but it's similar she was found behind a dumpster with her, you know, her skirt up. Do you yeah. remember that scene? That, that, that story? So this is a real life thing that yeah. happened. She was, she was unfortunately assaulted. She was raped. Yeah. And all the, all of social media, or not social media, but all the news could say was one, they told about how she was found behind a dumpster and she was looked at a frat. And then when it came to her, the fucking piece of shit, that raped her. Yeah. All they kept bringing up was that he was a a a great swimmer and a great student. And no, yeah, and no, like, yeah. Then, there's another guy who was just like that, Brock Turner or whatever. They yeah, brought in Brock Turner. That that's that, 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 that guy. That talks about that scene. We talk about that scene. And all they could and even out of her speech, yeah. and she's like. <laughs> And even in her speech in court, she talks when she addresses him. Mm-hmm. She tells about talks about the news. She says the only thing they could say about you was, you know, this could ruin his career, his being, career, his and, life. And he's a three point da 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 student, yeah. and he's a great swimmer, and he's an athlete. And all they could talk about get twenty years in prison for twenty minutes of fun. That was his father. I couldn't believe that bullshit. Yeah, but it's just that. like that's all the uh, news could say about him. And yeah. then when it talked about her, it was like, well, why was she, what was she wearing? Why was she at a frat party? Why was she like, maybe why is she... it always the women who have to like, yeah. And it kind of, I felt like it was that scenario, the same thing mm-hmm. with a mall situation where it was like, well, he's a really good student and you know, oh Jeremy's God, right? this and this in a mall. Yeah, they he has about they, they, how they, he was in a coma and they were like, Oh, he was a good student. He was going places. Blah blah blah. They and Amal, said that, and the mall has anger issues. Amal doesn't have a father. Amal, right. and you're just like, wait a minute. This wait kid is calling the n word across the courtyard. What do you mm-hmm. mean he's a star student? The yeah. fuck, <laughs> right? And you get the, the stupid ass character witness who thinks he, like he's awful artist, mm-hmm. and um, the girl who he likes, Zem, what's her name, Zem. Wasn't it Angel? Zamboni? Zamboni? Zen. Not Angel. No, her middle name, name or her nickname or her name means Angel or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's like, I would have been a way better character witness than that teacher. Yeah. Nobody's. A student in the same class. A peer. A peer. Yeah. 100% should be character witnesses. I feel like, like in the core, it's never about justice. I no. feel like it's whoever has the better argument. Yeah. And the thing is, is that. Or the money. Exactly. And the thing that sucks about that is just that the law does not... I've, I've never been to court. I stress this. But I feel yeah. like whenever you, if you watch TV or you watch 
like stories or read mm-hmm. books such as we are about people going to court, uh-huh. it has no room for a human error. Mm-hmm. So Amal's situation that made him, that people kept highlighting was that he had a bad temper and he had a tendency to fight and he's been suspended. You're like, okay, fine. That is a character flaw of his. Right. There's probably, if you look deeper into it, what is it that he's angry about? Right. That's, but obviously the court doesn't give a shit because they're no. just trying to find him um, guilty. Yeah, what made him angry? That should be part of it. Right. They're just, but you know. Oh, he called me the N-word yeah. across the court. That's like, a huge, that's not, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. You're a piece of shit. This one's angry because somebody kept gone on his nerves and he decided to fight him about it. Yeah. And you also have to realize the environment. Like, sometimes the environment, you learn certain and, things and about. And the, the white kids were encroaching on their space. They're, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like the place that they hang out at. Exactly. And they, not to separate people. Mm-hmm. Like, how it's, like, it's just, like, these kids go there all the time. Right. To this specific court to well, play and have fun. Yeah, yeah these other neighbor. new kids come here and they're like, this is my place now. Well, that's the thing. I feel like sometimes, I feel like this happened throughout history as well. Oh, yeah. It's like specifically people of color have designated areas because society at the time or even now will allow people of color to be in certain areas. So yeah. they have, they populate in specific areas. Mm-hmm. And I feel like white people have kind of the, not the right, but it's almost, they they feel. They, like, they feel that they can just they go, go into anywhere. any area. Yeah. yeah, they can go anywhere they want, regardless mm-hmm. if there are other white people there. Yeah. But people of color can't go into there. So they just feel like this is their space just because they can be in there. Exactly. And that's the part that's like, fine, you don't want us in this fucking space? I'm going to find my, I'm going to start my own space. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be for my people. And then they're like, yeah, but I'm going to come in here when I feel like it right. too. And you're like, pick, pick, pick. Yeah. Pick. <laughs> but no, I think it's, I think it's so... I think it's the system. I think not interesting. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Because they do bring at least I've heard it before, and I believe it was in the book before as well. They talk. Yes, it's in the book where they talk about this. And when it comes to in this country in America, it's not a direct quote, but I think it's his uncle talking to Amal, and he says, "In this country, if you're white, it's innocent to prove it guilty. Yeah. He says, if you're black or a person of color." It's guilty until proven innocent. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's also shows, like there's a huge example of them all was when you went into that courtroom, they just had to not, they, nobody tried to prove him innocent. They just proved, they said, yeah, this is who he is. Mm-hmm. This is who a 16 year old child is like, and it's not. And because they're like, like, yeah, so it's fucked up. I'm it's not, fucked up. Like they treat, especially boys. As like men in yeah. the court system, it's so fucked up. I think. I mean, I've heard studies like when they talk about, and I don't. I'm not. I think the word is. I'm looking for it's just like fascinating. It makes it sound like it's a positive thing, but I'm just like perplexed by like I've heard studies. Even if you're not talking about, they treat young black boys as full grown adults, regardless of their ages, right? And like even if they're like seven years old or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Yeah, and then with black women, by the and it's all, I think there was this, this statistic that said by the time black girls are treated are like eight, I think it was eight years old or maybe as young as five. Don't don't quote me directly on this, mm-hmm. but I thought it was an interesting quote. Yeah, they said by the time black girls are eight, they're already the things they do. They're already treated as young women. 
And and then and you're thinking that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, it doesn't but make it's just sense. like like if a girl does something that a normal 18 eight year old will do, right. they're like, why they're like, why would you do that? That's 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 scandalous. That's gonna you're gonna have men looking at you. And you're like, first of all, before you why are you, you know, you should be talking to the men, yeah. Yeah, punish the men. And with the young with young boys, especially on their I've heard stories of black parents talking to their boys. As as soon as they're tall enough, big enough, it doesn't even matter their age. As long right. as they get tall like enough height, yeah. to a certain height, or they start looking a certain way. Because you know yeah, they're because working out, or working out or doing sports. Yeah, or it starts puberty starts yeah. to kick in or they start to see something. I've heard black parents start talking to their sons about what they can and can't do in society. Just not because to suppress them, but it, it's to protect them. Protect them, yeah. Yeah, like I've heard, I've heard stories, especially sadly with, um, there's just so many. I just, so many. I remember the incidents by, by events. So the, the kids, but for a while when that kid, so for instance, for Trayvon Martin, with Skittles. Yeah. And he had a hoodie on. Yeah. I remember when that happened and I remember hearing stories on the internet about black parents talking to their sons, you can't wear hoodies anymore. Right. Don't wear hoodies. But if you're gonna wear a hoodie, don't don't put the hood on. Yeah. Especially don't go out at night mm-hmm. like that. And it's just like certain things you would do to protect them because and I've heard of them talking as young to as young as like 10 11 12 yeah. about certain things they can do that their white friends can do but you shouldn't do it because not everybody's gonna accept that mm-hmm. i've had that conversation with my parents about how i should move around the world just because or how i should act because i'm i'm in this intersection of of sexism and racism that how I viewed and what I do, and not only as a woman, but as a black person, yeah, could also change how people see. It could be as easy as having your hair, like, because black hair is an example of like a fro. People used to think that, people still, I've had people say that it didn't look neat. That is yeah. literally how my hair grows. Right. Um, I've had people ask me, because I wore my hair, I call it the pineapple, like a little poof. Yeah. I've had people ask me, I've gotten more comfortable and now I'm older that I can make a decision. And I say, no, people can judge me however the fuck they want. This is how it's going to grow on my head. So I'm also 29 years old. Yeah. I've been natural for about three years. Yeah. And um, and people, have, I've had people on my job say, like, they let you wear your hair like that? <laughs> I'm like, this is how my hair is. Like, this is how it grows. Like, they're like, it's, you know, it's not neat. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is neat. Right. <laughs> Or just like how I talk to people. I've had people try to police me on my tone. Because even if I've said something, even in a professional standard, if their feelings got hurt, somehow I'm yelling. Right. So it's just, I've, from a very young age, my, I've been told, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. That's been drilled in my head. So when it comes to like professional standings, I'm very cautious about how, what I, how I say things just because I've had it blown in my face before. Yeah. I'm, when it comes to, how I dress, mm-hmm. I'm very aware of it too. Like, and it, it gets a mixture of being black and a woman. Like, even here in this apartment, aren't you? I pay rent here, but there's times where I, I'm, I'm in my own apartment by myself, and the shorts that I'm wearing right now, I'm like, oh, I should change my pants or right. shorts. You're because, by yourself. Yeah, I should do that. And I'm like, no, fuck that. Right. I'm going back home. Like, it's literally a couple meters away from me. Like, fuck mm-hmm. that. Like, so it's just it's it's interesting how. And then when I talk to my friend, my white friends, mm-hmm. they're like, my parents never talked to me about this. 
And like, you've never, y'all never had that discussion. Yeah. You never had the talk. And they're like, puberty. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like the talk, like to survive, like things, how people will view you, right. how things will see you and no. things I can't get away with. And really I've had like, yeah, I've, I've had kind of like, there's certain things that I can't say, or there's certain things I can't do without being viewed a certain way. Yeah. And sometimes I do it anyway because I know it's going to be viewed that, and I mean 100% of that. Like, <laughs> I mean, my sister and I joke about how we didn't even get the talk. Oh, that talk? Yeah, the sex talk. The P and V? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you didn't? No. With my parents. Who gave you the talk? I mean, you know, life and, like, friends at school. Oh, bless your heart. Yeah. That's what, you know, yeah. sheltered and, like, going to conservative Christian school does mm-hmm. for you for, like, eight years. <laughs> Gosh, when you met me, I must have been a heathen. Like, oh my god, girl, <laughs> don't even know. Like you to this day have like inspired me. What? When you when I like you talked about like trying before okay, I remember this. <laughs> in high school, in art class, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna try before I, I buy. buy like shoes. Like, like I'm gonna go date this guy and I'm gonna have sex with him before I get married to him. And I was like, what? <laughs> Groundbreaking for me, I swear. And it's funny, like, and you know, and, and you know who told me that? Hmm. My mother. Right. <laughs> my mother told me. Yeah. And she'll tell all my friends that. But granted, then I've run into friends who don't always believe that. And that's absolutely mm-hmm. fine. I have friends who've saved themselves to marriage, and that's great for them. Right. And I say that because that's something they wanted for themselves. For themselves. But they never also they've never pushed their agenda on anybody else. They're like, yeah. this is my personal choice, and I'm choosing to doing this for XYZ. And I'm like, well, good for you. And I'm proud of you for sticking to doing something you want to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. I've had friends who were 100% agreed with me and yeah. then were celibate until they got married mm-hmm. or still celibate. And I'm like, good for you. Do what you need to do in order to, you know, make yourself happy. Right, yeah. And so, like, yeah, that's how I was. I've had people be like, well, they're like, I'm like, yeah, try before you buy because you don't want to, like, I just couldn't believe that in high school. Like, <laughs> man, I'm gonna remember this conversation forever. <laughs> yeah, people are like, well, you know, what is like the like really you say that? And mm-hmm. I'm just like, Yeah, that's not to say too. I know that we're going on a completely different tangent with the book, but mm-hmm. just that's not to say too when I say that that like I say that in the most consent I'm always mean hundred percent consensual on both sides. Right. Yeah. And I also mean communicating and I also mean like on both sides and like cause I would hate to like, I don't know. I would. I feel like it's a huge. It's, it's like it's a connection. Mm-hmm. And if it's like a, I don't know, we're going on a completely different tangent. But it's a connection <laughs> thing. But I feel like I'd hate to get married and then to somebody, and I'm like, oh, Not like vibe with them, like yeah, like yeah. it's always gonna be. I I just I think for me, and I've always been really curious about it. But it's just like yeah, try before you buy. Be safe about it, though. Yeah. Protection, condoms. Protection. Consent. Yes. On both ends. Consent. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's so... Birth control. Birth control, yes. Mm-hmm. But... Or at least condoms, Jesus. <laughs> condoms and birth control. Yeah. But God, you know, most important is consent. Yeah. 100%. Consent and protection. Consent first. And then protection. Yes. No love, no love. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, so how did we get, get here? <laughs> how did we get here? I love these conversations. <laughs> right? Oh, but I think it's I think it's interesting talking about your experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. 
-hmm. my experiences. Mm -hmm. When it comes, all my experiences. Oh God! This goes back. This goes back to race, but I've had this discussion. Yeah. With my mother, not my dad, because that'd be awkward. When it came to sex, Mm -hmm. and she stressed with me how important, like it's completely normal and natural, but also be aware. That there will be people who fetishize you because you're a woman and black. Right, yeah. And that is They're something like exotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've run into quite a few, not quite a few, but a couple of guys where I'm just like, you're disgusting. Yeah. Like, and all they could talk about was they basically just sexualized me. And I'm like, um, I'm human. I'm, I'm human. I have a heart and a brain. You yeah. should probably get to know that. But they're pieces of shit anyway because yeah. that tells me about them so they definitely I left in the middle of that date. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but um if that don't tell you so again there's just certain aspects of mm-hmm. like I've learned about dating that I have to be aware of mm-hmm. that I'm hesitant about because of I'm in the intersection between being a woman and being black as mm-hmm. well. And both is great, honestly. (laughs) But, yeah, it's just, I think it just brings a whole new, the book itself brings a lot, it breaks my heart, because obviously I'm not a black man. Mm -hmm. And it just breaks my heart for this young boy where he's 16, anywhere in this country. And, you know, if he was white and he got in the fight, it'd totally be a different scenario. Mm Mm-hmm. Charges would be dropped. Yeah. I don't even think it would have gone to court. Mm-mm. You'd be like, oh, it's just kids fighting, you know? Boys will be boys. boys. Oh, I hate that. Boys will be boys. Right. No. Exactly. Shut up. Like, they they shouldn't get away with shit just because they're boys. Exactly. He bolt their ass. <laughs> right? Uh, when he was in the library and mm-hmm. like was checking out books and reading books and stuff mm-hmm. he was talking about the bookshelves and how they were like mostly empty and the books were like falling apart mm-hmm. i was like and maybe i really want to go and donate books to like <laughs> my local juvie center you know i think we should i think we should i think it'd be really nice like to help our community because you know books like are great like ways to get away from like the stress in your life what we both been like, stressed become someone you're not and also to see different perspectives and we don't like reading and see right we never like reading. i think that'd be really cool to do is like go bring books that we enjoy mm-hmm. and bring them to you know places that need them like donate them yeah mm-hmm. and make more room for the books i would love to do that and maybe even if you guys on the guys are listening if you want to send us books to do that we would definitely like do that too i think that'd be really cool to do eventually yeah i like that like yeah i like that we should figure that out in our yearly meeting we should we'll we'll figure something out and i would like to start donating books to people who need them my kids like either schools or like the the juvie centers who don't have mm-hmm. access to books you know right i wonder if you can look that up because yeah. they're kids too Absolutely. you know and sometimes they just need a, a book to like you know get away get away or like become i don't know to feel like a person who doesn't need a book yeah i think it can't hurt <laughs> That's my, I like, I think that's a great idea. Yay. I'm glad you like it. (laughs) (laughs) Who would hate it? I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, that's so, 
This yeah. sounds like a, a stupid idea, Michelle. No, no like no. SpongeBob. This guy stinks. No. <laughs> <laughs> so reading the book, I love this about the book itself. Mm-hmm. Amal talks about being locked up in a box, um, a cell. I love that this book was like written differently, like in the words. They don't conform to like the normal like paragraph. Format. Right, right. It's it's poems. It's it's um stands as you said. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like all over the page too. It's not like down in a row. It's like in the corner over here, down at the bottom of the page, in the middle, like in a box, and like because you can't put them all in a box, right? Yeah, and it, it just um, it felt like it kind of was breaking free from the stereotypical paragraph format and i love that so much for this book it was just it really tied the message together of like what he was trying to say in Absolutely. his writing it's beautiful even in itself was poetry but it was also a journal yeah it was a journal and Harmony. it's a beautiful piece of artwork too are we still recording yeah we are okay thank god yeah yeah the timer's going we're good okay i know we've had that before do you want to talk about anything before i talk about the last bit of the book no that anything you want to say? Mm-mm. I think I've hit everything. Okay, cool. I got one question at the end. I was kind of confused mm-hmm. when, um, like, they brought up Jeremy Mathis, the mm-hmm. guy who was in the coma that mm-hmm. was punched. The racist? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd Do you what? think, like, he told the truth when he woke up and, like, his buddies also provoked the fight? Or, and, like, do you think, like, Amal was set free at the end? Like, I was kind of unclear about that. Well, I can see why. Because mm-hmm. you're looking for the end result of something. Mm-hmm. It was very open-ended. I think it landed, I think it was like that. For me, the way I interpreted it was that at this point, it didn't matter. Because he was already in juvenile detention. Right, yeah. And it already happened. Yeah. And he's already paying the price for something. Which I'm assuming he didn't do. Because I'm assuming it's going to end up like the author's story. Right, yeah. So, at this point, he's already doing a time for something he didn't do. Mm-hmm. So, whether... And then the other thing is, is whether Jeremy Mathis wakes up and tells the truth, Amal has already done time for something he hasn't yeah, done. Yeah, he can't take that back. And then whether he comes up and uh, continues to lie, or it says, like, Amal did do, it is Amal's part, fault, to, right? Amal's already in juvenile detention. Yeah. So, the only, at this point, he would still end up exactly where he's at. I think the focus on the book itself was to focus on how he kind of was able to stay sane during this massive hurricane emotional storm. Yeah. So. And how at the end of the book where he, like, did the watercolor paintings and yes. sent them to the poet activist lady. Yeah. He was like, this is what I want my story to be told. I want exactly. people to see my art. And right. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Oh exactly. And I just, I think... I think it ended like that because at that point, yeah, it's still like at that point, it didn't matter. Yeah, and you know, which is the thing that sucks because like if it was before, before if he was going to prevent him from going to jail, then absolutely, mm-hmm. then he wouldn't do the crime for something that wasn't his fault. But he's already doing that. Yeah. So essentially, it's like he'll get out, but he's already done time. People will still see that. Yeah, he's already been jumped. Yeah. He's already people have already seen him some way. Mm-hmm. He's already and it's, so it's like. It's like the difference is he's gonna go. He could just leave, mm-hmm. and it could be proven. They can, you know, court system or society might be like, 
you know, the news might be like, he was innocent the whole time, but you've already done the time. Yeah. You can't get give so, that back. Yeah. At this point, I think it was telling the story of his survival. His survival for and sure. in spite of a system that was trying to fail him and put mm-hmm. him down, he said, fuck y'all. said fail him. Yeah. He said, fuck y'all. I'm going to survive anyway. Talk about disappointing. Yeah. yeah. For not him, but like, not the end of the story, but disappointing that the world failed him. Mm-hmm. It fails min- millions of people yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. The system failed him. Not just this character, but everyone. No, I'll just say this. <laughs> the people that can rot in hell yeah. is Tattoo Guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, the art teacher. And the art teacher. I also didn't like the warden chick, but she was just... Uh, I love that he referred... her job. Right, but I love the fact that he refers to her as God. Yeah. Like, he's talking, like... He's talking and, with God, I love that. Yeah, and he's like always talking to her and telling her, like... She's, he's like, you just in here judging me. He's like, well, all you doing is sitting over there. She's like, excuse me? And he's just like, I said what I said. Right. He's so sassy. I, I love, love his personality so much. I hope, as a character, he never changes. <laughs> well, maybe. Then you start hanging around those white people. You weren't hanging around them to begin with. Yeah. But I hope he comes this time. I like to think that whenever he gets out of juvie jail, <laughs> take, he goes and becomes a famous artist and tells his teacher wrong and he makes millions and millions of money soon. Right. And then buys up his teacher's house and mm-hmm. now she's got to ask him for money and he's just like, no, I have uh, an anger issue. No. Yeah, I have anger issues. Don't want to get near me. <laughs> oh my God, that's so bad. But, um, yeah, I genuinely like the book. I, liked I it. love this book. Yes. I loved it. It was different. How many sips would you give it? Out of what? Um, we've been doing five, but you know, you could do more if you want. I would want to give it six. Yeah. It gave me, it gave me a lot to think about. Yeah, and it was one of those, sure. it was a lot, it was hard to digest because you're like, ooh, it's like it a sponge. heavy. It like that sponge on me when he's like, I, I'm out, but it's like the same pose. You're like, ooh. Yeah. It made me really think about like, because it reflect on like the system, reflect on myself, it reflect on your family and your support system. Because even he talks about like people are always having this back, but then where the fuck were you when I needed you? Right. So I think it was I I really enjoyed the story. Mm-hmm. It in fact actually made me really curious to watch, you know, when they I see wanted it. to read that not watch I wanted to watch the Netflix documentary. Yeah. Uh show. Oh yeah the show the mini series. The miniseries, yeah. Yeah. I mean it's not really miniseries. Each episode is an hour long. It's a mini series. <laughs> we watch shows that have seasons. It's a mini series. Yeah, that's true. It's like four, what, four or six episodes? Yeah. 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 I wanted to watch that before coming here, but I was like, eh. We, we a little after. stressed this week. This stress. 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 Okay. But let me ask you this, Michelle. Yeah. How many sips would you give it? How many? I would do, um, what, what's a full bottle of wine? Oh, and times that by two. <laughs> Drunk. So yeah. like ten glasses. <laughs> ten go oh, not sip ten glasses. <laughs> you going yeah, out? I was saying um more than five for sure. Yeah. Off the scale. Yeah. It was a hundred ten out of ten. Party foul. Ten out of ten. Amazing book. Um makes you think, makes you like really see the world, see everything. Through an innocent. And it's gorgeous writing. The tag team with the two authors. Yeah. Oh my god. With like how the like you guys just need to open the book. Go to Barnes and Noble, open the book and like open and slip through it the air. and see just how it's laid out and designed. It's gorgeous. 
did an amazing job. They did. 10 out of 10 would, would recommend. 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. When you hear it, you heard it here, folks. 10 out of 10. Our first 10 out of 10. Shop everybody. So now, I have to say this. This book was a lot for Michelle. Because I think it was yesterday she texted me. She's like, can we go back to fantasy now? <laughs> Just for a little bit. Because the next one we were going to read Crying in H Mart. Yeah. We're still going to read it, but. I want to save it for um next year. I think that'd be good. Yeah. Because we got a bunch of books lined up. Yeah. But, but I do think it's funny, though, that you're just like, like, I was like, okay, we're going to have another book, like a little break. And you're like, no, our break's good. We're two books. We're two picks. Because it was the yellow wife one. <laughs> yeah, that was another heavy one. It was another heavy one. It was good. It yeah. Was, both of those books had to deal with the characters dealing with the reality they've been given. Yeah. And making it to the best of their circumstances with what they have. They were good. They were good. They were phenomenal. But I'm ready for a high school now. Yeah, so now she's like, we can go back to fantasy. <laughs> I was like, you sure? She's like, yeah, 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 fantasy. So what's the book we're reading that is fantasy-based now? Do, 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 do. Six of Crows. That's do, it. Do. Six of crows. I was like, it has to do with crows. I know that. Ka-ka! Ka-ka! Anyway, so we're reading Six of Crows. I'm excited to see that. Especially after watching Shadow and Bone. Yeah, the show on Netflix. Yeah, they mixed the two books together. Mm-hmm. So now I'm curious on how see. that... To see our characters like really learn about this. Because I was loving the characters right? in the Netflix series. Oh my god, I love so them so now much. I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. So, and then here's some new thing. Mm-hmm. So since we're reading that, we're reading um, Six of Crows. Yes. And then the duology, is it the wolves? I gotta look it up. It's the one with Nikolai, right? No, 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 no. Six of Crows. Bucket Kingdom. Yeah, it's... I'm just saying stuff now. (gasps) Crooked Kingdom, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. That one, that's a completely different series with Nikolai, though. Mm -hmm. I love Nikolai. But, like, yeah. So, the next one we're reading is Six of Crows. And then we're going to read Crooked Kingdom in the same month. And then talk about the complete duology. I'm excited about that. But other than that, that is it. Yeah, thank you for um, listening, guys. And you can find us on Instagram. Instagram at Lunch Break Podcast. Twitter. Twitter, Lunch Break Podcast. <laughs> and um, yeah. Facebook, Lunch yeah. Break Podcast. <laughs> Run that. Yeah, hit us, hit us up and follow us. All right, we'll, we'll definitely be talking to you. I think the next episode will be just a tad bit longer because we are reviewing the duology for both of them. Yeah. So we're going to try something new a little bit. We we'll want to talk about the two books. Yeah, talk about the two books. That's going to be a lot of reading. We're going to have to be really on top of our notes, though. Yeah. Other than that, we out. We out. Bye.